What's up, Drop Pod listeners? You can check out new episodes of the Drop Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow and listen along. This episode is presented by All County Exteriors. All County Exteriors is a third generation premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years all county exteriors has stood the test of time providing their customers with top quality roofing siding windows and doors they service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions all county exteriors is not just limited to construction they have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior remodeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780. For all county exteriors, for all your remodeling needs. This is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulat. What's up, Drop Pod people? How we doing this week? Merry Christmas. I uh, hope everyone got everything they wanted for Christmas this past uh, this past Monday. Um, we're coming at you on Wednesday the 27th and I Mike would actually like to give a shout out to my mom. It's Mama Coolette's birthday today. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday mom. Happy uh, birthday. I did still looking fresh, still looking fresh. <laughs> she, uh, she did, uh, back you up and was very supportive. And it's some nice things to say about you, Mike, about defending her that I was going to North Carolina to see her, uh, and not just to play golf. So, uh, you're on her good side. <laughs> Team Kulat for life. <laughs> uh, this week, um, we're, we're kind of in the vortex week here, Mike. We got uh, Tuesday, yesterday um, was week three, episode three of TPI Tuesday with Dr. Mike and I. Um, obviously, we got this episode coming out on Tuesday and uh, I'm sorry, on Wednesday. And our guest today is the infamous, the legendary David Reisner. Uh, if you don't know who Dave is, Dave is the fourth head pro in Ridgewood's history. In, in doing research, I heard a lot of legendary stories about Dave, but uh, but being the head pro at, at Ridgewood is probably his greatest feat. If not, he has these. Uh, the other way people out there might know him is from he's the owner of Honey Pond Farm which we talked about when we had the Golficity guys on. They went up and and uh, recorded at this this farmhouse up in Vermont. Um, it's it, it has its own golf course. It's got ATVs. It's got trails. It's got everything that you would want. Um, but he's the he's the owner and, and proprietor of that uh, of that Airbnb. So um, so Dave and I chat chat up Ridgewood. We chat up Honey Pond farm we chat up uh he's got a, a similar venture going on in scottsdale um all synthetic kind of 
kind of house overlooking the valley. He said it's, he said he loves the views there. So he's uh, he's venturing into the real estate world there with uh, with golf courses. So a really really cool interview. He was uh, again. People use the word legendary when I was talking to people several times with him, and and we say this all the time, Mike. I, I truly could have. I could have chatted with him for for hours and hours and hours. If if we were at a bar drinking, yeah, honestly, it, we could have we could have closed the bar and saw the sunrise. That's how uh, I thought he was just such a cool dude. It was really really awesome interview. It's funny because I I went after you interviewed him. I went back and listened to it because I was so damn curious as to how it went. So and those that like- those that haven't listened yet, Mike's not on the interview. He wasn't able to make it, so it was just Dave and I. Yeah. So when I was listening to it, I was like, dude. Again, another guy that is just like at times he's not he's not really on social media. So it's a hard it's a hard thing to connect with certain people like that. So, you know, I gotta give a shout out to to Peter Repetto for, you know, hooking me up for for speaking highly about us and and finding a way to get Dave on the show because, you know, like it is a lot of behind the scenes work on our end and it takes good people like, like Peter to help us out, to get guys like Dave on the show. Um, especially when they're not fully in the social media world. And I, I loved his stories. Um, I think the audience is going to really, really enjoy how Dave became the head pro at Ridgewood. Because when I was <laughs> listening to that, I was absolutely blown away. I don't want to give any more away. Stay tuned. You'll thoroughly enjoy it. Seriously, it was it was really good. He's got a lot of great stories and and again, hearing how how Honey Pond Farm came about and and that whole thing. He's, it's it's really amazing. Really cool to have him on. So uh, so make sure you stay around. We got Dave coming on uh, in a little bit. Mike, with this being our last episode of 2023, let's get into. Let's get into a little recap of 2023 for here. Um, I know we did our year episode, um, and if you if you didn't listen to that, go back. That was in um, October. We we had our our 52nd episode in a row. We kind of talked about our year as far as that goes. But um, Mike and I decided we wanted to do our top three things for each of us in 2023, and the top three things we want to do in 2024. So. Let's start there, Mike. Let's start with 2023. Yeah. We had a great year. I mean, uh, honestly, the, the calendar year was was amazing. It, this has been just such a cool venture. I keep telling everybody that asks about how it's going. It, it's the the support that we get in such a niche kind of market here about just golf in New Jersey. It, it's really been amazing, the support we've got from people who listen, but then also the support we get from people who are who are in the golf world. Again, someone like David Reesner doesn't have to come and sit with us. It doesn't do anything for him to, to give us an hour of his time, but he's a great guy and he just, this is good for golf. So it's, it's what people want to do. So that's been truly amazing for us. But as far as like experiences and courses and that stuff, that's what we're, that's what we're focusing on here. So, um, so Mike, you want to go one and one or you want to go all three and I'll go all three. What do you want to do here? Let's go. Let's go all three. Okay. I, I'll start. I'll start this one. You start the next one. Sure. So, I, I you know obviously when I thought about like the top three moments, you know these are, you know you got to think back to January, 
some of the guests that we had on, some of the courses that we played, um, and, and just some of the connections that we made with with different listeners and and basically fans of of the podcast. So, I, I, it took me some time, but I think I narrowed it down. And and like you say all the time, and as much as I hate it, like you probably could have listed five, six, seven, ten, twenty things that were just wow like moments throughout this entire year. Um, but I decided to go with three different experiences. Um, is kind of how I phrase these things for me. So number, you know, and again, in no particular order, but the first one I had was was back in May when we interviewed Jim Nance. Um, I was fortunate to be playing with my partner, Austin Devereaux, in the New Jersey State Four Ball. And the time that we had to interview Jim was while we were on the golf course, Austin and I. And I had to get special privileges from the NJSGA to have it be okay that I was on my phone with AirPods in. And just talking to Jim and hearing him relate to so many things that we know here in our area of like that wall, Colts Neck, Monmouth County area, like was unreal. It just resonated so much. And then to feel like I'm having my own CBS on course interview. I got the AirPods in just like all those guys were doing throughout the, the early winter months here in, in New Jersey, they were playing the PGA tour and I got the AirPods in. I'm talking to Jim Nance. I got my phone on. And I just so happened to make a damn birdie with Jim Nance in my ear. It's just something I think I'll never forget, no matter no matter what. So to me, like that whole experience of playing in a golf tournament, being on air more or less with yeah. Jim Nance and you and us just talking, and then making a birdie on top of that with the two people that we're playing, looking at Austin and I like, what the hell is this kid doing? <laughs> that must yeah, have been so like. <laughs> So special. Uh, it, as you said, like having him be in your ear, the voice of golf while you're playing golf, and then to make a birdie on top of it, I, I'm truly very jealous of that experience. That's, that's yeah. really, really cool. And yeah, it was, so I, it was I, a great interview. Like even if we were sitting, like sitting, I could have been in a dark room just on Zoom with him, and which is where I was. And even that was special for me because we're talking about stuff that both you and I, you know, we're from the same general area. and he's he's talking about all these things we know we had very similar experiences growing up and he's talking about the same things and different high schools he's played and it's just you it's just very very symmetrical even though it's such an age difference yeah so that was that was one of my three things number two was was union league you know i i knew that when i had been connecting with a lot of the you know people there and I know we spoke about this at length, but, you know, Jake and Jack were so kind in, in, to us that day that we were there. Um, you and I basically had the golf course entirely to ourselves. And I, you know, I knew when, when I got that spot, it was going to be like a, a unbelievable opportunity for us. And it's just an unbelievable day. And I knew that you thought we would never be able to step foot on there. So when I knew when I secured it and I told you, it was like, a kid in the candy store. And I think our time out there was just an unbelievable experience uh, to see a place completely renovated, gutted, restored, however the word is that you want to use to describe that place. It was just wow in every sense of the word. And I, I couldn't leave that one off. 
even though it happened probably more recently in a sense of the timing of now in 2023. Um, so to me, like that was another one I had to put on the list. Um, that one was tremendous. I, I, you said kid in a candy store. That's exactly what I was. And, and the way that you, sometimes you send me these cryptic texts and it just says, you know, he sends me a text almost verbatim. I could look it up, but it says union league Sunday, 8 AM or like whatever the day was. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like you gotta be, what are you talking about? Like there's certain ones that don't seem attainable. And, and honestly, that opening that one up, there doesn't seem like there's any course that's now super unattainable minus, minus Pine Valley really. And I know you played it. So it's, it just, it, it almost gave validation to what we're doing as like people around the state are, are kind of seeing what's going on with us and that, that we're not just two, two jamokes out here, two, you know, two guys that are don't know what we're doing. It, that was that was a great great experience. Yeah, and I, it, to to just piggyback that point, I think that's it. I think the more that we are able to get in front of people to connect with people, they start to realize that the entire goal here and the mission for us is to continue to promote, talk about, experience all things golfing in the Garden State, and I think that's just another you know, another thing for us to show people, Hey, listen, this is really what we're doing. We're not just trying to get something free or just try to piggyback off something amazing. Like the goal here is really promote things here at home. So, um, which kind of leads me to my last one, which is Pine Valley. Um, and I'll never forget when you and I were out at rock spring in July and I had received the text, do you want to go play PV? It was like, you know, it was like, I, I didn't know what to say. It was, the, it was a, you know, I said yes letters. right away. <laughs> yeah. It was a capital letter, like Y E S like, you know, just hopefully I'm, I'm around somewhere that I can get there. And, and I've it told this story probably so many times and, and not only in that episode specifically when we talked about Pine Valley, but just the aura of that place, walking around the grounds of that place, hearing the stories from the caddy is it, something that again, Words really can't describe that, and it'll be something that I never forget for as long as I live. Um, to say that I was able to drive through those gates to go hit balls on that range, to tee off on that first hole, and then finish on that 18th hole and just take a deep breath and just say, like, wow, that is a day that will never, ever be forgotten. Right. Just like hallowed ground there. You know, it, it has so much aura around it so much. Um, like every, anytime we ask people like is Pine Valley really as good as people say, and there's always like, it's better than people say. And it's, it's to your point, you can't find the words to describe it because it's indescribable. And it's, it's uh, yeah, certainly a bucket list, bucket list item. Yep. there. So those are my three. So let's hear what you got. That's a solid three. I don't disagree with any of those uh, minus Pine Valley because I didn't get to play. But Union League, as I said, I, that was such a great day. And it was so cool sitting with Jim Nance and, and just hearing his voice. You know, there's certain things like you don't you, not that I was ever like, oh, I want to hear Jim Nance say my voice, my name. But hearing him say my name in his voice was just was just amazing. It was so cool to to have him say that. I don't know if you felt the same or if you even, you know, were busy making a birdie putt, but it was it was just really that was a special time as well. I do have three different ones. Uh which is which is good. I 
I thought our trip to Crystal Springs, the whole trip, not just one specific part, but the, the whole trip was the tops of the year for us. And for those that don't, that don't know or didn't, didn't connect the dots here, Mike and I drove up. We played Rock Springs in the morning. Then we went to Crystal Springs and we played, uh, we had a lesson and we played uh, Black Bear. Then we stayed over. Then the next day, uh, oh, there's a trip to Matara's in there. We went yeah. to Matara's for lunch. That's right. After Rock Springs, we went to Matara's for lunch, uh, who at the time was a sponsor of the show. And they do, I mean, just a, a, an Italian place that does a great sandwich. You could just tell when it's different, right? There's certain ones like um, down, you know, in, in Middletown, there's like Telercio's. There's, I'm sure there's ones all over, but Matara's does yeah, a Jolie, Jolie, Jolie owns down in, in Point Beach. Yep. Um, there's certain places that just hit and that it's not just, you're not just getting um, a chicken cutlet sandwich. You're not just getting an Italian sub. You're getting, you're getting something that's much, much different. It's made, it just, as the kids say, it hits different. And, and Matara's does. Um, but we went Rock Springs, Matara's, had our lesson um, at Crystal Springs, then got to play Black Bear, then stay over the next day play in North Jersey. It was it was just that whole that whole experience was an experience of a lifetime because without this without this podcast, you and I aren't doing that. Right. That's not a whole thing that we that we do. Um, at the very least, we're not getting on North Jersey because it's a private club the others we could make happen, but you know, it, it's just, it was just such a great experience. Those, those two, three days was, was, um, was, tr was just awesome. I, again, I, I don't, um, I hate that I don't have all of the best words. Like I feel like I use awesome a lot or incredible a lot. And it's just, it's just what it was. I was in awe of the experience. So it was awesome. Yeah. Listen, I mean that, that trip specifically, Again, I, I, I think to to unveil unveil and unveil unveil some yep, things behind it. the scenes with that is I think people sometimes think that like, all right, in a flick of a wrist or a snap of a finger, we just get this happen. Like a trip like Crystal Springs, the audience doesn't you know, will will learn that like these trips are started and booked and organized. Like I started that connection January one of 2023 that's when that's when i started going back and forth with brian at the ledbetter academy at black bear to see if we could find a way to get up there and it took a while for us to go back and forth to find dates that worked and finally we found dates that were compatible for my schedule for your schedule for their schedule and then we got up there and i still say to you and i know i say this a lot like there was something about that spot that just was like, wow. And I can see now why as a resort, so many damn people go up there from the lodge to the golf course, to the food. Like I say this all the time. It's December what 27th right now. Like I can't wait to connect with Brian again to see if we can get back up there because there's so many more golf courses up there that I'd love to go see and play. Right. They have, what do they have? Six on, uh, not on property, so. but there's like but six. I think there's I'm six in the, that are in the resort area, right? So, yeah, it, it's it's amazing, and and you go you go south, right? You go to like like Pinehurst in North Carolina, 
of of course there's going to be and take away the Pinehurstness of Pinehurst, but there's dozens of resorts in North Carolina like that that have four or five courses. They got a few different restaurants. They have a spa. They got they got pools in a few different places. That's like you go down south. That's that's kind of like the norm there. I don't think there's another place like that in New Jersey. That's like Crystal Springs. I don't know either. And uh, like, I, I don't there know. might be that some North- like in the Poconos, but right. But that's that not- little northwest, that northwest corner of the state, right? That area, like, I can be brutally honest. Besides, that was the first time I've ever been up there. Well, I take that back. I've been up to Bally Owen and played thirty six there, but that, it's been t- it's been in terms of staying and experiencing it and playing it. Like that's the first time I've ever traveled that far northwest in the state. So, like to your point, like yeah, dude, I would love to go back up there and see, you know. Bally Owen again or mm-hmm. Crystal Springs golf course, like play wild. Like I'll, I would love to go back up there and make another mini trip and maybe venture even outside and play architects or see other different spots in that corner mm-hmm. because I don't know what it was. I just kind of fell in love with, with the, the optics of black bear. Like even that, even something as simple as Black Bear. When I think about Black Bear, and I know it's not even one of its top golf courses, that 10th hole where we hit the straightaway drives and the mountains are like a backdrop as if yep. someone put a green screen yep. back there and I'm just hitting a three-wood, it's like soaring into the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even though there's no mountains like until miles and wow. miles yeah. away. It's such a different But it seemed like us. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, I, I, I echo that, that trip. God, yeah. I guess if I had to do the Ryan Coolot and put number four and five and six, that would be damn close <laughs> to that. So my um, my next one is uh, is it might shock you a little bit, Mike, but it was our time when we went to Seaview and played the Bay Course right before the um, the LPGA tournament there. Um, Shoprite Cup, the Shoprite Cup, yeah, classic cla- Shoprite Classic Cup, Cl- classic Cup called. extravaganza, I think it is. Uh, oh, nice. nice, Mike. Mike and I were uh, the the pro there. Jeff Carswell was able to get Mike and I the last tee time before they closed it off. Um, so the only there was there was one person and their caddy behind us, and that was uh, a a woman golfer who's playing in the tournament. So we were the very last public time uh, that was able to get out before they shut it down so that only the pros could play. And it was so, so cool playing it with the grandstands up with um, like having the, like they, you know, having the rough be a little thicker. It, It just felt like without the people, it felt like we were playing in a, in a tournament. And it was really cool to envision, you know, as you're, as you're hitting your approach into 18 there, you know, the long par five, it's got the, the enormous wrap around, um, you know, grandstand there. And, and you and I are, you know, hitting onto the green and it's just the, I was envisioning the pressure. I was envisioning the atmosphere. I was envisioning the, the lines of people. Um, outside the ropes, the people behind watching the shots come in. It was a very unique or cool experience. Uh, I played terribly there, and I'm not even taking that away. Like it was a really 
when you talk about experiences, that was one of them. I thought that was really, really cool to play with all of that stuff that we had up, you know, kind of in the same way when we went and played um, in that outing at upper Montclair for the, for the founders cup, right. They're building the, you know, the grandstands and all that. It's just when you do that and you see how massive they are from the playing surface, right. It's, it's really cool. The same way, like if you go to a basketball court, right, you, you sit in the stands and it's just a basketball court, but you go onto the court and you look up and you see how big the grandstands are. If you go to like, like the Poland Springs Center and in, in Tom's River North's high school, or if, any, if you know, go grandstand. And if you've ever been on the court for Madison Square Garden, like you can, it's really something to see all of the spectators that were there. It's such a different view. And it was, it was really, it was really a neat experience. That was really a cool one. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a great time for us to go there because they had just won again. If you remember, like Seaview had just won our March madness yeah. tournament, like our bracket, they won the whole thing. And the, and we kept saying like, we'll have to go visit the winner. And it just was fitting that the time that we were able to go play it was right before the shop classic began so we got to see the course in prime conditions. You got to see all the extra in terms of like the fans, the grandstands, like you said. So yeah, that was a that was a really cool day. That was a really cool day. It yeah. was it was great, and it was nice. It was nice on eighteen making a birdie in front of all the people there in the grandstand. So <laughs> I, I won't forget that. As opposed to my, I think I had driver, and then went up against the grandstand and had to had a just a, a miserable. I think I had six shots from within 10 feet of the pin. So uh, I, <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so my third one was our, our trip up to Essex Fells. And I think that's the one that's going to surprise you because, uh, or maybe the last two surprise you, but I really loved Essex Fells as uh, when we did my, our top five courses, Essex Fells was my number five. I absolutely loved it there. I thought the layout, the the conditions, I thought everything about it, I absolutely loved. But then you add in these couple points. Brian Gaffney is a is a world class PGA human pro. Being. Yeah, human a human being, being as well. He he is he is beloved by everybody, and he's one of the nicest men I've ever met in my entire life. It was he was he was awesome just as a as a person and then knowing what he's done in the golf world and knowing some of the people that he knows because um he used to be the head pro at, you know at, at Rumson Country Club before he's before he moved up there so knowing some of the people that he knows and it it was just it was awesome to be able to connect some of those dots there but then also how i played also matters there uh, I, I putted phenomenally in front of one of the best putters in in, in New Jersey, state. in the state. In he, the he's, state. In he's the state. a phenomenal yeah. – his flat stick is is incredible. There's not a putt that's out of range for him. He's like Steph Curry. It's just you step over half court and he's he's in range. You get on the green, he's in range. And to putt that well there was, was really something for me. And, and really – Again, sometimes we say like you play well, the course is gonna is gonna matter. I I cooled off on the back for sure, but I still loved that place. It, it was 
it was really, really special. That was really a cool experience. Again, playing well in front of that guy, uh, of his a guy of his caliber, really, and then to to get to know him more as a person was it was it was great. That was such a great experience. Yeah, I think I think even when we sat down with him beforehand, and he was sharing all his his you know his stories, his tiger stories, and mm-hmm. his his days of growing up and playing and how he ended up back at Essex Fells. Like the whole day was another one of those days where it's like a pinch me moment where it's like, wow, we just literally got to sit down with arguably one of the best players in New Jersey golf, both as a regular golfer, as a, in a sense, it's crazy to say this, but like a senior golfer, like the dude has done so many unbelievable things and played in, PGA Tour majors. I mean, um, it was just an incredible day. And to your point, I don't know if I've ever seen you putt so damn well. And to your point again, like who better to putt the best in front of than probably the best putter in the whole state. So yeah, I don't know how you could have a bad memory whatsoever because those nine holes with Brian Gaffney for you were damn near unforgettable. Yeah. I don't, I don't expect to ever putt that well again. Um, I think I had 10 putts through nine holes. You did. I, I 10 don't putts through nine holes. And I think I, I think I two putted nine. So I, I don't, uh, I don't expect to ever do that again. Uh, but that was, that was, yeah, that was a special, a special time. I think we got a good list there. That was six really good experiences that we had. And for me to be involved in five of them, uh, you know, obviously Pine Valley is something that's like, that's a pipe dream, right? But those are, we had a good year. We really did. Yeah, there's no arguing there. <laughs> um, 2024, let's move into it. We'll say goodbye to 2023 and let's, I know we talked about some of the things that we that we predicted, but um, or course we did a top five courses we want to play, right? So let's let's get into this uh, into this list and and for twenty twenty four, and let's talk about this, Mike. You and I both decided that we we're going to put this list of three things together. We wanted one public, one private, one interviewer that we wanted to get on for this this year as kind of like a, a bucket list for 2024. And so a little bit different than like the five courses that we wanted to play, but let's talk. I think these are like, again, when you talk about courses, you're talking about just like a specific place, right? I think these are more experiences that we want to have, right. Or that we want to have in 2024 to, to, to showcase. Right. So you want me to start? You said sure. I'll start this one. You go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. Um, I'll start with the private side. I would like to continue. I, I mean, again, we we both played Galloway this year, not together, but we both got to play it. Top ten course in New Jersey. We both played Union League together. I think you and I would both agree a top ten place in New Jersey. Just as we found out how that process works, it's just not there yet. Um, I don't. I don't Arcola. want to, Arcola. Arcola. Another one. Um, North Jersey's probably knocking on the door. Uh, Manasquan River's probably knocking on the door. Right. So there's there's a bunch that we played. I would like to continue, and I don't want to be selfish and say I want to play minus Pine Valley. I want to play all of the top ten. 
of course I do, right? That's like, that's everybody's goal. That That's stupid to think that nobody would want that goal. But I don't want to be selfish. I, I would like to have an experience at one of the top places in in New Jersey again, whether it's at Baltusrol or Ridgewood or um, I, I – I, I would love this. I got to, I got to cash in with Studer. Studer is, uh, we got, we got a bet going on for that 27th yeah. hole. So, uh, that bet is live still. That it bet is. is live. And people, there's people waiting for that ticket to cash one way or another. And I can't lie. More people are rooting for you to see Studer <laughs> in the lake than for you to actually make a damn par. So Studer doesn't have to go in the lake. Okay. So that's, that's what, uh, like that would be another great experience, right? To play 27 there. Um, I know we've both played there, but I, I don't think I've played all 27 for sure. Uh, but to have an experience there with Brent, uh, I think that would be a, a really cool, uh, a really cool experience. Or again, you know, if, if um, like we have Dave Reasoner on, if Dave invites us up to Ridgewood and we can make that happen to be able to play with him and hear some of his stories, I think that would be another one. But but an experience at one of these top courses is and just kind of continue to roll those that we had like we had at Union League, like we had at Galloway, like we had at um, Arcola, I think is is something I'd like to continue for 2024. Yeah, listen, I and I think. It's hard to say like that's not going to happen, but it's not something that is is planable, more or less. These are things that sometimes happen on a spur of the moment. It's a lot of back and forth to see if it's even feasible with the membership, the pro, timing matters. Um, but I'd like to think that one way or another, we can maneuver our way to experience that and to, to continue to talk about it the same way we have from last year to this year. So I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, um, obviously people need to be open to us coming. That's not, you know, it's not like a public course that you and I could just go play. Right. The, the private ones is something that people need to be open and willing to have us. And so it's not guaranteed, but based on 2023, people have been open and, and welcoming. So it, while it's not guaranteed and, and I'm not, I'm not saying I want to experience all of them. I don't want to be selfish or anything like that, but, but just one is all I'm looking for. Just to have one of those top ones would be, uh, again, a really cool thing for us to do and experience. like that. Uh, my number two, it kind of, kind of piggies back off of my, one of the things we did in 2023. I want to go back up to crystal Springs. I had such a great time there as I started it with, um, the whole experience itself, but then, but then the the amount of things that you can do at Crystal Springs, right? I'd like to play Wild Turkey. I'd like to play Bally Owen. Like we played Black Bear. I'd like to play Crystal Springs. is is the name of one of their courses. Like there's three courses right there that I'd like to play up there. Obviously, Bally Owen is the number one public course in New Jersey. Wild Turkey, I believe, is a top five public in New Jersey. So like. Those two are, are no doubt ones that you want to get to. But the experience there of like, there's, there's two or three other restaurants there that I'd like to go try. There's, there's a, a pool and a slide and a hot tub and all that, that like, Hey, maybe we, maybe we go check out the, the spa area. You know, there's uh there's a whole other like side of crystal Springs that we didn't get to go see in this, like, you know, we, we went up specifically for the golf and, and the stay, right? But there's an entire side of Crystal Springs that 
I don't think we experienced because I think there's just so much there that we just we just didn't have time last time. So to play some golf and experience some new things there, I would love to do that again. Um, and and again to see to see some new golf courses, but also to get try out a, a different restaurant there. Or, or you know, I, I think that would be I think that would be another. It was incredible the first time. I think it would be incredible to do it again. Uh, I second that. I don't know what else needs to say because I would go back up there in a blink of an eye. <laughs> Did I just take one of yours? You'll have to wait. Mm. You'll have to. You'll have to wait. Oh, you see, he teases me. You see what he does to me? He's just such a tease. Uh, so that was a private and a public, and then we talked about having a guest on. Um, someone that's a, a stretch for us and a, and a reach for us. We've talked about it. He owns or runs or whatever his name on this is. He, he has several golf courses in New Jersey, some in Pennsylvania. I would love to get Ron Jaworski on. Um, I would love to get him on for my friends that are Eagles fans. I would love to, you know, while I'm not an Eagles fan, uh, I, I can respect what he has done uh, growing up. I mean, how, how, he was part of our football experience as he's breaking down film and, and showing all these things like, but then also he's a, you you don't have four or five golf courses in New Jersey and not be a major player in New Jersey public golf. So he's someone I would, I would love to have on and, and someone who I think is a, uh, from what I've heard is a, is a pretty down to earth guy. And I would, I would enjoy that conversation quite a bit. Yeah, listen, I, I've I've done a lot of work behind the scenes with trying to connect with with Ron Jaworski, and we've we've exchanged some some DMs about finding times and everything. But like I say all the time, the scheduling is is a very complicated process, and as easy it is for a guest or an audience member to say, "Hey, listen, go get this person on," it's just not that easy. Um, but to your point about Ron Jaworski, listen, we've complimented his golf courses. Not because of Ron Jaworski's name on him, because the golf courses have been so damn good. 100%. And to prove that, yeah, to prove that being a point, like a U.S. Open, a United States Open qualifier in 2024 is heading to one of his golf courses at Running Deer. So on May 6th is one of the qualifiers. If you have, if you plan to go to the road to Pinehurst and you want to actually get in, like I got to go through qualifying. Like we're none of us are that damn good unless you're someone specific. And to this point, like. I don't know if you know this, Rye, but Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods is not exempt anymore for the United States Opens. Is he coming to running deer? Unless unless the USGA, which I would probably think they will, give him a exemption right. and just say you're in, Tiger Woods would have to go through qualifying. Now, he probably gets exempt from first stage, so he wouldn't end up at running deer. But to anybody's point, if you were looking to qualify for the United States Open and get to Piners... You have to go to one of Ron Jaworski. You you could, I should say, go to one of Ron Jaworski's golf courses at running during play. So, Ron Jaworski golfing in the Garden State. It's a perfect guest. If he's listening, let's get you on the show. Let's talk River Winds. Let's talk Running Deer. Let's talk Blue Blue Heron. Let's talk all these properties of yours, and let's talk about how you run them. Ramblewood, Running Valley Brook. Let Let's keep. Let's come on the show, Ron. Let's go into. We can go let's, to Pennsylvania too. He's got. He's Rob, got. We'll talk Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah, yeah. I like Let's that one. It. Yeah, I think that would be. I think that would be a great one. 
So those are my those are my three for 2024. I got Solid. I'll call it a Crystal Springs Solid. experience, some kind of top five, uh, top ten experience, and uh, and Jaws. God, you making a you making a par on 27, seeing Brent Suter in the lake there would be all time <laughs> content. But listen, I guess so. When I thought about my my list heading into 2024, you know, I, I think on the public golf side for me, like it's got to be Nishanak Valley. I need to go experience a 27 hole day up there because I, again, we've talked about this at length. I just need to go see what this place is all about because everybody that we've ever talked to that has played it speaks so damn highly of it. I mean, even when you think back to one of our guests, Jason Bataille, he said specifically like this one public golf course is so damn good. Uh, I guess that's it's got to be on my hit list for for 2024. No ifs, ands, or buts. Mike Poro's got to figure out a way to to drive north to go experience this spot because anybody can go play, and everybody that does never leaves there saying a bad thing. Yeah, it's uh, it is a great place. Uh, I said that I feel like I need to do the same because I played in an outing there. Um, Brian's uh, Brian from the drop zone um, ran like a little, a little event there. So I got to play in it then and see, see the course I played, you know, Orson was my partner, but it was, it was special. It, it looks like a great place. I would love to play it, like play my own ball, play, play the course as, as I'm playing it, not as a, as a Ryder cup t- style, um, kind of thing. But yeah, you everybody talks about how we got to get there and and I know I've been on property and seen it and it it is. I can vouch too. It is amazing. You got to get up there. Yeah, so that that's my that's one of them. My private one in terms of like where I want to play and and I thought you you did a good job of generalizing this and saying top golf courses. But I think for anybody that's listened from day 1, there's been one spot for me that's been my spot I want to get to, and it's been Bayonne. That is the one spot I would love, absolutely love. I don't know if I said it, but I'd love to get up <laughs> to Bayonne and and just experience that place because there are times when I'm bored and I'll literally just Google pictures of Bayonne and all I ever see is the clubhouse up top, this perch with the American flag. And I'm like, God, what do I need to do to go up there? I will pay my way. I will pay the caddy's way. I will carry my own damn bag and somebody else's bag if need be. Like whatever it takes, that is a bucket list spot for 2024 that I would love, love again, not sure if I said it, but love to play Bayonne. Yeah. I I would include that in my top course experience there for sure. Um, there's some story and, and I'm going to say this now, and I'm sure people are going to yell at me and I'm going to go get the facts for it, but there's something to do with that flag at Bayonne and West Point, like the flag at Bayonne. Do you know the story? I don't, but I, I think now that you say that, I, I think I recall, did somebody mention that to us or. But I, I do think like that flag specifically that, has. I think they some had the biggest flag in the United States, 
and yeah, then something like that. West Point wanted it was West Point had it, then Bayonne got it, and then like West Point bought it from Bayonne, or like they switched flags or something like that. So um, there's some story there that we'll follow up when we play Bayonne. We'll follow up with that story. <laughs> yeah, God, that would be that would be an absolute dream. So yeah, yeah that's I, that was my one, that was my one private spot. Um, that obviously for me, it's just been something that I probably have said on on repeat a gazillion times about. So, um, you know, that's that's somewhere I'd I'd love to go. And I think I thought you did a phenomenal job with the guest. I I would love to get Ron Jaworski on here, and I think that would be another when. Again, it's not a guess. Like when we say guess, it's it's it still has to pertain to golfing in the Garden State, and that's the kind of what the focus has been. It will be and continues to be, which is why we didn't say someone like Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy or guys like that, because there is no true connection to golfing in the Garden State, and it's really as awesome as it would be to land a guest like that. That's of, not really the point. Of course we would interview them. Of course we'd have them on as right, a guest, right. but, but that's not our, that's like, it's not our niche. It's not our niche and it's super well, that's even, that's so far out there that yeah. it's not, it's not yeah. realistic. We can be a realist. We can be a realist with some things, Yeah. which is leads me to why I think that said, my... if anyone has connection to Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy <laughs> or any John Ra, any anybody, Scotty Scheffler, tell them, tell them we'll have them on. We certainly will. Well, Scotty Scheffler was born in New Jersey, raised in New Jersey, and then moved. So it's not like Scotty has zero okay, connections. There we go. Scotty, Scotty has a few. So um, does Scotty but... know? Scotty doesn't know. Don't tell Scotty. My. <laughs> <laughs> My my guest that I am going to grind behind the scenes to get is one I think we would all love to hear the story as to how he got into the game of golf is J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is a NBA basketball player we all know. He's played with LeBron. He's played in Cleveland. He's NBA played champion. in New York. He's everything. We all know if you say J.R. Smith. Slam, did he win the slam we, dunk title? I, I don't recall, I don't but recall I'm sure either, he did. I'm yeah. sure he did. But how he's gotten into the game of golf would be a story I think we would all love. I think this story would resonate with our audience. I think it would bring even more people to the game because how J.R. started playing golf and now where he's at right now playing golf collegiately is something I think that just shows how amazing this game is that we all love. And to see somebody pick it up and then start to be competitive at a later part in their life is absolutely amazing. And I think there would be no better person in 2024 to have on this podcast, who again, to us, is a guy that we all know. He's in the, he grew up in the area that we grew up in, but he's also this national figure that really would be able to connect with so many young kids, middle-aged kids, older people, and his story would be unbelievable. Has to be J.R. Smith. So I can't emphasize this enough. That if there is anybody out there with connections to JR, 
please, please pass this clip along to him because I'm telling you what, just like every other guest that we've had on the show, they will leave here with a smile on their face saying those two guys are genuine, they're cool, they're organic, they're authentic, and we can have a good time chatting, golfing in the Garden State with them. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, you know, and both you and I have a history with them as well. We both played basketball against them. So, uh, so again, not NBA basketball, folks. This not, is high school basketball. Is, let's, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, let's, before someone said, you guys play in the NBA? Nope. I'm five, eight white guy that, you know, is not sniffing the NBA. Okay. And I might be six, five, but I'm also slow. So not in the NBA. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jr. Come on, let's let's have a chat. It would be that would be an incredible, incredible interview. I would love, like, we know the areas from it. He just shows up at at one of my favorite public courses, Charleston Springs. He plays there a couple times a summer, uh, so he's he's out there. He's that would be a, plays at Matita Conk. He plays yeah. at Matita Conk. That'd be uh, great. Yeah, that's a good so one. Jr. Really Jr. Smith is 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 going to be the grind behind the scenes 2024 guest that Mike Poro really works on. Love it. All right, guys. So that's, uh, that's going to wrap up us here. 2023 wrap up 2024 foreshadowing. Maybe Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works out, but those are some things we want to do. And it's, it's really been a, a, a great ride for us so far. We've said it before. Uh, if we don't say it often enough, I don't think, but uh, it's really because of you guys out there, you guys that are listening, you guys that are following on the Instagram and checking out the videos on YouTube. Um, it, it's you guys that make this make this engine work. And because of because of you guys, it makes us want to do more stuff. And um, so thank you to you and, and thank you to the golf community that we've interacted with. Again, having people out there. Uh, Again, I mentioned it before, having Dave come on and, and be our guest for today doesn't help him in his life any way, shape, or form, but he's a guy who loves golf, loves that we're trying to grow the game of golf, and that's what it's about for him. So um, so thank you to the whole golf community, anyone that we've had on, you know, going back to, to all of our guests, really. It's amazing how open and, and welcoming people have been to us. So, so thank you to everybody out there. And just to just to echo that, Rye, again, I, we say this all the time, and I know we we push it often, but I can't emphasize it enough that on Instagram we are sniffing three thousand followers. I would love to get there in in the new year and and figure out a way to to make that work because every little thing like that continues to help. If you listen on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts just click the follow button. And if you could toss us that 5.0 rating again, these things behind the scenes, when it comes to the algorithm, when it comes to the search engines, like those types of things really helps push this podcast out to even more people. So more people can experience all the amazing things that are going on here with the guests, with the courses, with everything in between. So do us that solid and and click those, those buttons for us. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Follow, rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, so that's it for us here. Uh, we're going to send you now to uh, to our interview with David Reasoner. Again, head pro at Ridgewood 
Country Club, um, owner of Honey Tree, uh, sorry, Honey Pond Farm, Airbnb and golf course and all that stuff. So here's our interview with Dave. Enjoy. All right. So today's guest is uh, a heavy hitter in New Jersey golf uh, and, and growing more and more nationally. Uh, he's the head pro, the fourth head pro, if I'm not mistaken, at Ridgewood uh, Country Club, Dave Reisner. Dave, thanks for joining the show. Ryan, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you again. I've heard uh, many, many things, uh, good things about you, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, but I, I, wanna, I like starting here to give everyone a background on you. What's your What's your background as a as a youngster in golf? Like, how did you come up in golf? What's your t- tell us Tell us how you got into golf. I'll give you the quick background. Uh, I grew up in Rochester, New York, so golf season's all of three months up there because the snow. And uh, my family's a bunch of hockey players, so we played ice hockey really year round. Uh, but the high school that I attended, uh, it it barely had enough people in the school to have a football team. Um, so, um, or even a basketball team, to be honest, we, I think I graduated like 94 kids, but, um, so we didn't have a hockey team, so we had to go away to school. And so I decided to stay locally. My brothers ended up, uh, ended up going to, had to go to private schools or prep school, uh, and they continued to play. So giving up hockey allowed, freed up my summers and freed up some time. So I picked up golf as a freshman in high school and, um, joined the golf team and kind of ran from there and ended up going to Penn state university and uh, in the professional golf management program and uh, ended up you know, going on an internship my first year back to my hometown. Then the second year, uh, I knew I wanted to be somewhere on the New York City area. And um, I ended up dropping resumes off at the Ridgewood Country Club. And, uh, you know, 24 years later, I'm still here. So um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's that life to sliding doors just worked out well. Yeah. So I, I actually... Um... Being that you brought up Ridgewood and, and you know, brought your resume over, uh, I, I reached out to a bunch of people here, and everyone had good things to say about you, but this one person uh, said, I can't tell you much, it has to stay in the vault, <laughs> but all you need to know is that he is a legend. <laughs> okay. It goes on to say, uh, legend has it that on one magical Christmas Eve, so coming up, Dave Reisner made an unforgettable entrance at Ridgewood, unannounced, without an appointment, oozing confidence and charisma. He introduced him ha- himself as the next assistant golf professional. Is that story true? <laughs> that is not a true story. <laughs> and I Does that give away who I talked to? I, c- I could break that down into three people you could have spoke to about that um, because – where I, as I said, in Rochester, New York, golf courses closed November fifteenth. It's over. So, and this was ninth. This was December of nineteen ninety eight, and it was actually December twenty third. Um, I thought I was just going to drop resumes in mailboxes. There were there was you know email wasn't a thing. So okay. um, I'm driving around just dropping resumes in mailboxes. Came across Ridgewood Country Club, drove in, and uh, the lights were on. The doors were open. There's the Head pro at the time was a guy named Bill Adams, and then the assistant pro Tom Flat, who I'm going to guess told you that story, and then uh, a couple other guys. Not were, Tom. Were there, uh, you know, selling 
selling Christmas holiday stuff. And uh, so I walked in with, you know, just some kid off the street. Here's looking for a job. Um, there was no, I'm going to be the next assistant pro or anything like that. It was, <laughs> hey, I'm looking for a quick, I'm looking for a job potentially. And uh, 10 minutes later, I walked out of there and, and I had a job for the summer, you know, picking range balls on the range, you know, working outside <laughs> in the back room, which is, which worked out just fine. Yeah. But working your way up. I think that's the kind of thing, like, when you do legendary stuff throughout your career, it expands on other stuff. Like, when you do something awesome, right, it expands these other things. Like, you know, Yogi Berra says, I never said half the things that I'm quoted as saying. But he did say some really cool things. So sure. you start adding on. So I think uh, I think your, your, your yeah. legendariness speaks for itself. So if, if, that's, um, if that's the story, let's go with that one. I'm happy. I'm happy that's the story that was told, not, <laughs> not some others. So we'll stick, we'll stick um, with that one. That's, that's, that's really cool. So, uh, so you, you get a job in the bag room and work your way to be an assistant and then head pro at 23. Uh, yeah, I was actually, I was, I think I was 22 years old when I got the job there. So, uh, or here as the head pro, um, yeah, I worked in the bag room that first summer for three months while I was still going to Penn State. And then I ended up going back to Penn State uh, for my junior year of classes. Um, and then the pro at the time uh, offered me a job to come back to Ridgewood and work in the golf shop as an assistant pro. So I came back for another six month run and I um, I'd finished my my classwork early at Penn State. Uh, which looking back at that, I don't know what, what I was thinking, but, um, <laughs> so I, I was only there for three years, but I, and I came and I worked for, uh, the season here at Ridgewood as an assistant. And then I went down South to, um, the Grand Cypress Academy of golf thinking I would potentially would like to be an instructor. Um, so I worked as an instructor at Grand Cypress at the, at the golf school there. Um, learned, learned a lot about teaching, came back up here again. They offered me to come back as an assistant and did the seasonal thing. Went back down and worked at the Bears Club in Jupiter, Florida for six months oh, yeah. as an assistant pro. Um, and then came back to Ridgewood again. And the the pro at the time, if, we, if you really want to hear the story, this is a good one. But keep it rolling. <laughs> I was I was 20. I was 22 years old. I just got my class A membership to the PGA. And I, I had a decent resume. I'd been to these great clubs. And um, the job at Glen Ridge Country Club opened up which is 15 minutes south here, exit, you know, one, 151, I think. Um, and the selection chair of the committee called the Ridgewood shop after I submitted my resume. And I ran back and said, hey, this is to, to my boss at the time. Hey, this is a selection chair. He's good. I put you on as a reference, obviously. Can you, you know, can you talk to him? He said, sure. About, I don't know, two hours later, he comes out of the office and, um, he goes, uh, I said, how'd that go? He goes pretty well. He's like, he offered me a 10 year deal. <laughs> he, so he goes, tell me a little bit about the job. He starts talking about the job. He ends up taking that job and he was at Ridgewood for uh, 26 or seven years and was kind of looking to kind of slow his career down a little bit, um, at a little bit of a smaller place. And so he took that job and signed a 10 year contract at Glen Ridge, which left the job open at Ridgewood. <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of like the stars aligned and preparation meeting opportunity. And, uh, I was, you know, offered a interim head professional role at the club. And then the club did a national search in, uh, in October of that year. And I ended up winning the job. So, uh, yeah, that was 20, 22 years ago. 
Yeah. Wow. That is, that's really cool that you, that he leaves. You think he's going to call for you. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's, it's amazing how the world works and, you it, know, but it uh, really is. And how the stars align. Like you, you, you finish Penn state early. Yeah. Let, let me rephrase. If you don't finish Penn state early, your, your life path is probably entirely different because you're, you're a year behind where you were. You don't have these other experiences and you're, this is you may true. not be sitting here today. Yeah. That's wow. Great. That's you never know. Look at how those, how those stars align. So that's great. Um, so at, at this point now we're 2000, 2001. Yep. When you get the job. Uh, I mean, it was actually 2000, I think it was 2002 fall of 2002. Okay. So I, I mean, Ridgewood's a well-oiled machine for years, decades before you even get there. How, how do you as a 22 year old, take on this pressure of like, okay, I have one of, I have a top hundred club in new, in the, uh, the country. I have a top five course in the state. We host these PGA tour events, Ryder cups. Uh, how do you like the maturity? As I was thinking about that, the maturity level you must've had at that 22 blows my mind. What was the hardest part when you first got the job for you? Uh, it was definitely trial by fire for sure. Um, <laughs> I would imagine so. You know, I was able to prove to prove my worth throughout that whole year. So I looked at that year as an interim as this is a one year job interview. So, um, you know, I dove right in and kind of worked my butt off and tried to prove myself. Uh, you know, I, I think managing, you know, managing staff as a 22 year old having to I mean, the, my first day on the job, I had to fire somebody that had been worked here 10 years. It was 14 years old than I was. Wow. Um, so difficult decisions to make. But, you know, they're they're business decisions and. Uh, you got to do what you have to do. So it was tough. I would say that was a difficult thing to do as at being so young and trying to, you know, show that I had the skill set to do this job and, and then lead by example from that point forward and kind of create a, a really solid team and build the culture that we have. Yeah. And, and I'd imagine, you know, you, a lot of people go to PGM because they, they'd like to still play golf, right? So yeah. at 22 years old, you're running this, this, amazing golf club. You still probably want to play golf. You just talked about, you know, potentially getting into giving lessons and being an instructor. So balancing that early in your career must've been like your expectations for how much you can play, should play. Um, is that still, uh, how much has that changed over the years for you? You know, I, obviously I, I'm competitor. I love to, I, I still compete quite a bit, uh, mm -hmm. within the New Jersey PGA. Um, so I still try to play as much as I can, but you know, when you're coming out of college, you play pretty well thinking maybe we'll go down South, play some mini tour events or try to, you know, just kind of th throw your name in the hat down there and, and, you know, see what happens. But right. with job situation like this happens, you kind of like that goes by the wayside and you, you kind of march forward. So, um, but I still try to compete as much as possible playing in local events and state open, met open, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, you're a lot more admin than I thought, you know, early on, I, I kind of, I looking back at it, I wish I took a couple more accounting classes to kind of get me off the right <laughs> part, but uh, it was, it worked out well. That, uh, yeah. Again, just, just blown away that you have to fire somebody at your first day on the job. It's been there for so long. It, it's, as you said, trial by fire is, is, is gotta be an understatement. I'm sure. Yeah, it was difficult, but uh you know, you had to make the right decisions, some of them being hard. And, um, but it, it was, it was the best thing for everybody. So 
So now in the years since, what do you think your biggest impact is on the club uh, since you got the job? I know we, we could talk about your, your uh, you know, they talk about like the Bill Parcells coaching tree, right? Like your, your tree is, has a lot of branches. So um, I'm sure that could be one, but, but focusing just on the club, is there something that you look at? It's like, we, this is how I envisioned it. It was different. And, and that's the one specific thing. So when I started here, um, you know, something that I'm proud of is, is our junior golf program and growing the game of golf here at the club. And when I, when I first started here, there was, we only had about eight to 10 junior golfers in our, in our program. And uh, wow. looking at our numbers this year, we're going to have over 260 players Yeah. in 20. Well, in 2023, we had over 250 players. We're going to have even more next year. Um, working with the club to allow access to the junior golfers was a big part of that, allowing them to use the facility rather than using an age range, but more merit based was a big deal. Um, working with the board of directors just to simply um, give the juniors more opportunities and um and this is a truly a country club. It, it is a championship golf course, but it is a country club. And uh, that's something I'm really proud of, that we've grown that program. And to watch these junior golfers that I had when they were five, six, seven, eight years old, now joining the club for themselves and becoming their own member, getting married, having children. It's it's kind of mind-blowing that I've been here that long to watch this go on. <laughs> but um, it's it's really rewarding to see that. And that's something that I, I'm very proud of. And And the club has backed me all the way to really promote this and, and create a family atmosphere. So it's, that is something I'm very proud of. That that's when the club is willing, when your ideas as a pro uh, match the ideas of, or, or the willingness of a club, it's, it's still a big club, right? So it's gotta be like turning a ship, but when, when you're working in unison, the ship's going to turn a lot quicker and smoother, obviously. So that's a good, it's nice to see that they've been so willing and open to do something like that. Yeah, it was great. You know, I, I used the example in the boardroom simply, you know, at the time when I arrived, you, you, you had to be, uh, I think, five years old to even use the driving range. And then you had to be, I think it was 10 years old to go out on the golf course with a parent. Um, I said, if Tiger Woods was on Johnny Carson at two and a half, if, if, if he couldn't hit <laughs> golf balls till he was right. five, yeah. <laughs> we may have missed Tiger Woods. Yeah. Right. That he may be a lacrosse player or, you know, a basketball, who, who knows what direction they go in, but we need to allow the juniors this opportunity to, to really get out there and learn the game at a young age and, and hopefully stick with it. I think that's so big. Cause I, I feel like it is changing in, in the years that I've gotten into golf and I didn't get into golf really till, till later, uh, my senior year of high school is when I got into it really. Cause I, uh, I played basketball growing up. I played basketball for my my first freshman year of college. So it wasn't until later that I got really involved in golf. But it it's a, it seems like since then, golf has has started to expand to allow more of these juniors and understanding that like, hey, getting them involved is a our game's going to die if the juniors don't get involved. And there's yeah. there's a lot of clubs that seem to be getting more and more open to that. And and obviously with 260 juniors, you guys are, are or 250 this year, you guys are leading the way uh, with that for sure. Yeah, it's been it's been great. And the programming that the juniors have is incredible through the PGA of America, whether it's PGA Junior League or, you know, I, I pitch hard that they are the future of the game. They're also the future of this membership. So we need to make sure that, you know, we're we're supporting them as, as best we can.
Does does the club have a good retention rate with with stuff like that? Like, do former members, kids join the club, and is that a, is that at a high rate or? Yeah, we actually had to create a we created a junior legacy program here, where allowing the allowing juniors to come in at a younger age, not having to pay so much money up front as initiation fees, and kind of spread that out um, over fifteen to twenty years, and uh, give them access to the club. You know, and, and we you know they've grew up here. We want them to stay. We really yeah. do. So that's, that's kind of the, the goal. If they come from, if they grow up in a, in a country club, uh, chances are they're going to want to have a country club as an adult. So you might as well make it your, you know, you might yeah. as well keep them. Yeah. Uh, in, in kind of all this talk about junior golf, I, I want to get into the, to the USAM last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a ton of hype with what Sam Bennett did at the Masters, and then it kind of backtracked to all the talk about about Ridgewood and and um, you know how how good the course looked and how how tough it played and how really really the experience that everybody had. I didn't hear one bad thing about uh, anybody's experience at at the USAM that year. Is Ridgewood harder than Augusta? <laughs> all right so should he have said that no no he shouldn't have said that especially at augusta he's a great just so you know super he's a super kid really yeah. good great champion we're so proud to have him as our champion um he's a great person and uh he's got a bright future so should he have said it at that stage probably not um yeah. but do, just do the math. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Do the math on a lot of golf courses. <laughs> you know, the rough here is eight. The rough here was eight inch. He was playing in seven eight inch rough. Is playing seventy seventy five hundred yards. Um, is it harder than Augusta, where all the fives are? You know, you can reach into, and there's really not a whole lot of rough out there. You know, you can do the math on paper about that one. I got you. I got you. Well, That's one you of those. Probably not. <laughs> you hope that it's not that Bryson thing, right? Remember Bryson was like Augusta's a par 67 for him or whatever when he was getting big, and then he hasn't made a cut there since. So yeah, well. it's the same kind. Of, I hope Sam uh, – again, I, I fell in love with him as as a golfer, I should say. But, you know, hearing his story and, and uh, the, the tattoo he's got on his arm, and he does just seem like a great kid. And I hope that – I hope the golf gods take that with some leniency and don't don't punish him at Augusta for his career. Yeah, I, I he think he does seem to have a bright future. I think he'll be all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, when something like that comes around, what's your, what's your role or what, what, what do you do in that? You know, the USG, the USGA comes in and they're going to put together the amateur. They're going to do, uh, obviously you've been through the, the Barclays or, um, you know, these other PGA tournaments. What's your role when they come through? Uh, being the head pro, is it more of like a facilitator and just kind of giving them some, some tips or are you intricately, intricately involved? Uh, well, us, USGA events are much, much different than a PJ tour event where they come into town. That's kind of like a traveling circus. They come in, they build out really, you know, massive structures, uh, you know, a 120 day build out and an 80 day tear down for a PJ tour event. I mean, it's truly the circus is coming to town and they come in and they, they, they run the whole thing. They have a lot of their own volunteers that work. USGA events, much more intimate event where the club okay. is much more involved. We, you know, we raised all the funds for that event. It was a four year raise. So I was wow. heavily involved in fundraising, um, to host that event. Um, 
so that was a big part of the job. And then, and then doing those uh, events to help, whether it was a golf tournament or uh, some type of charity event, to create revenue to, uh, to help fund that event was a big deal. So that was, a, that was four years out we started working on that. Uh, working with the USGA on, I mean, hotels, transportation. I mean, we, we supplied all that information and, and kind of coordinated that. The club, you know, works with the transportation companies. How many buses do we need? How many volunteers do we need? Volunteer scheduling, volunteer uniforms. I mean, um, so USGA event is much different where the club does 99% of the lift uh, leading up to the event yeah. versus a, a tour event where, um, you know, they, they kind of bring the bring the circus with them. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, uh, I didn't realize the vast difference in the two, di- in the two types of, of tournaments per se. Yeah. So uh, the USGA comes in week of, and they administer the tournament. Um, but leading up to it, you know, it's not like you're clicking a button all of a sudden 1200 volunteers show up. So yeah. the, and I will say this, the membership involvement for the event of a USJ event is much more. So the members are involved in it. They are the committee chairs and um, really help run the tournament. So that's, that's the difference. So, yeah, that's, so having a, having a club that's knowledgeable, you know, is going to be something that you'd want to do for, you know, having like a, 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 not only, not only the facility, but a membership that's a, a, you know, has a high golf IQ you'd want. Yeah, I, I think that's something that USJ really looks for is that, you know, what, what is the what does the country club bring to the event and the enthusiasm? And, you know, one of the main comments we received coming after that was how welcoming Ridgewood Country Club was to the competitors. And that was our goal. We wanted them to feel like at home. This was their, you know, it's their championship. And we, we you know, we were hosting. Um, and, and I think that mission was accomplished. So the membership here at Ridgewood really um, – rolled up their sleeves, got involved and, and helped run an incredible event. Yeah. Again, I haven't heard anybody, you know, from going back to the masters or people we've talked to, uh, nobody has said, a, even whispered a bad word about it. So good for you guys on putting together a great event. Appreciate that. So let, let's move on a little bit, a little out of Ridgewood um, and, and talk a little bit more about Honey Pond Farm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How, uh, this is such an interesting endeavor to me. How did this come about? Uh, well, well, hold on. Let me introduce If you don't know what honey pond farm is a Google it B go check out golficity's YouTube. They had, they did an amazing video on it. Uh, and it's a, it's a farmhouse in Vermont that has a full golf course on it that, uh, Dave, are you the sole owner or the, or is there a group of you that own it? What's the. No, I, I, I bought, I, my, my wife and I bought that house, um, in December of 2020. Okay. So, and, uh, you know, backstory was that my wife loves old farmhouse places and, um, this one just happens to have a golf course on it. So it was like a great combination, um, <laughs> you know, being around Ridgewood and getting advice from so many different people here, you know, I wish I bought that 20 years ago as a retirement, you know, you hear that a lot. So like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. Let's buy an asset that'll create revenue. And, and then potentially when we're ready to retire, we, you know, we have a great place to go to. Um, so that was the goal. And uh, we went up there, a friend of mine actually sent me the link uh, on a, on a website called LoopNet, And, um, and sure enough, we drove up there and 
the whole way up, I'm thinking, geez, I hope this isn't as good as it looks on, cause I don't know, there's not enough change in the cushions of the couch for this place for me right now. <laughs> but um, we got there and the place was uh, even better than we expected. And, um, and my wife's an event planner. So the original plan was to, she was going to do five to seven, eight weddings a year. Yeah. And, and it was just, that's going to pay for the mortgage. And here we go. Um, and then we started looking at it, like, you know what, why do we, what do we want to deal with? Why do you want to deal with brides and, and all the vendors and all that stuff? <laughs> I, you know? So I said, let me try working with the golf community and see if we can rent this out as an Airbnb. And, um, and so that's what we did. And we, we didn't, we haven't paid a dollar for marketing, which is wild because <laughs> golf digest posted it about two and a half years ago. And then next thing you know, it's in USA today. And it's just, it's an incredible place. It's an incredible getaway. Um, and then now it's, you know, I, I think we're out a couple of weeks into 2025 for rentals. So, wow. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been, a, it's been an exciting time and you know, it's, it's definitely a, it, it's a great place. So. Is it, uh, do you rent it for the full week? Is it weekends? Is it broken up? How do you, how do you handle like the Airbnb part of it? So, um, the nice part, Airbnb handles a lot of it. We do a three night minimum. So we have groups come in, um, you know, that the golf course holds 16 people. So we kind of max the house at at 16, even though it can hold more than that. So a lot of families, family reunions, uh, retreats, corporate retreats, some bachelor parties, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a good place. You know, it's, it's a lot, a lot of land you can kind of spread out and, and have some fun. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, as soon as I saw that, um, I, I got divorced, uh, before COVID and, uh, you know, single and out there and all that kind of stuff. And, and as soon as I saw the golficity guys do that, I sent it to my buddy and I said, if I ever get married again and we're doing a bachelor party, we're doing it here. Yeah. It place looks incredible. It's, it's been a lot of fun and it's been fun to kind of tweak it over the years and um, creating a, a unique golf course, the way it's set up. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's been really good. Do you get up there much? You and your wife get up there to either play or just get away? Or... We, tr we try. We, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, it's a good problem to have that there's not a whole lot of time because it's rented. But, oh, um, you know, we, we try to get up there uh, at least kind of once a summer for a few days. And then, you know, I'll run up on an occasional Monday. Do kind of, It's only three and a half hours from New York City. And from where we are, it's only about three hours and 10 minutes. So okay. it's in southern Vermont. So it's not a it's not a bad trip up there. Um, yeah, we try to get up. I've taken a, a couple groups up, uh, from Ridgewood and, um, you know, some PGA guys, buddies of mine. Yeah. Have been up, so we've had a ball with it. What, what a, it's quite an endeavor and, and it led you to, uh, one out in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, because of that, we've, we said, well, there's a market here for these golf crazy people that, <laughs> that, that love traveling and, um, you know, I see it as the whole, you know, get 12 guys and then go stay in a hotel and you check in I'm in room, I'm in, on room, I'm in floor 12, you're at nine. Let's meet in the lobby in 15 minutes. Those days I think are kind of gone and, and they're looking for one-stop shop. Um, so Scottsdale, Arizona is a one of my favorite places. And so we ended up buying a, a house out there, um, to kind of replicate the model and, um, not the little different type of golf course. It's more of a, uh, it's synthetic turf, but it's about 50,000 square feet of synthetic turf. And, um, it's in a beautiful setting that overlooks the entire Valley. It's uh Swaro point, we call it. And, um, 
Celebrity Greens did all the, the synthetic turf, and we have tee boxes kind of throughout the property. It, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Is it is is that one a full eighteen, or is no. it more of a pitch and putt, or nine, or what's the? So you can you can do whatever you want with it. Um, right now, there's three really large green complexes, uh, six to eight thousand square feet per green complex with big bunkers um, in each of them, and. So you can go down there and practice at shots, but we also put tee boxes throughout the whole property. If you wanted to make make it into a, like a nine hole par three, you could easily do that. Um, okay. And we have shots upwards of 150 yards into those greens. So um, it's just it's really just a lot of fun. Yeah, I just that that idea, that concept of of one stop shopping, right? People want to go. I can imagine that that um, like going up to Vermont. I'm sure you could have a couple families where you have the families are going and, and the wives are, are doing things. You get the kids can run around around the property. The husbands can go golf uh, or, you know, whoever wants to go golf, but you know, to be stereotypical, I guess you, you have a, a bunch of things for everybody there. I, I think you just, you have a killer idea and uh, have you trademarked it yet? Because if not, you probably should, because I'm sure there's others that are coming for those. Yeah, companies. you know, we're, we're working on some things, but um, it's 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 really been fun. We got a good uh, we got a good thing going, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, good for you. Now we had uh, Jen Satterley on last week, uh, okay. and she was talking about the um, New Jersey Golf Foundation and and uh, getting into like the new driving range and the paver uh, program and all that kind of stuff. Yeah it's uh it's quite a thing you got going on there can you go in a little bit more into detail with like the golf side of it she gave sure. us a little more board of directors side <laughs> yeah so um you know, I'm, I'm the vice president of that foundation the new jersey golf foundation and we're the we're the terrible arm of the new jersey pga so um we do all kinds of programming um youth military um special needs um we do golf in schools programs so we teach the we teach the phys ed teachers how to teach golf in the schools. Uh, um, to, again, just trying to get get them early, get them into the game early, um, mm-hmm. to try to grow the game as much as possible. So um, the foundation's been great. We actually bought a driving range um, at the VA hospital, the Lions VA hospital, called Inspiration Driving Range is what we named it, mm-hmm. and um, to help uh, those in the VA that want to come down and use the range and get into golf. And, um, it's been, it's been really great. We, we do, uh, all kinds of clinics through PGA hope and PGA reach for, uh, for veterans. Um, and it's been incredible to see, um, what the game of golf can do, uh, just for people in general that that don't get out as much or, you know, they, they need the fresh air, they need an outlet and golf is an incredible outlet. Um, and, I'll, I'll say that that foundation and what they do with PJ Hope and PJ Reach is, is truly is saving saving lives. It's wild, um, but that's something that in in this state, uh, Chris Hunt is the director of the mm-hmm. foundation. He does an incredible job, and uh, it's really grown over the last, you know, I guess fifteen years. Yeah, it's it is tremendous, and and you know we've we've talked, uh, or, you know, you see the commercials on TV. Even if you go back to like Vietnam veterans, which which is a subject I'm, it's a subject I teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 the help for veterans has not been there 
for the mass of time and it is changing, which is good, but having, having something like this, as you said, as an outlet is, is saving people's lives. So it is good to, good to have. And, um, I will say, I'll, I'll speak for Mike, uh, and, and myself, obviously, if there's anything that we can do to help or get involved in, in any way, let us know. Cause, um, military is something that I, I'm, I'm fairly close to, uh, I have, I have a couple friends that are in the military. I, I do some work with the tunnels to tower golf uh, yeah. outing yeah. that's at Eagle Oaks. Um, so as if there's anything that we can ever do for you or, or help out in any way for the foundation, please let us know. All right. We appreciate that. There's, um, we, we are starting a PGA hope foundation, um, starting up in Bergen County area. There's not one in Bergen County yet. Um, we're training instructors, PGA instructors now, uh, starting in February to go through that training program so that we can offer the programming for the veterans in the area, um, in, in South Jersey. So any, anything we, we, there's all kinds of stuff. So if you go to uh, New Jersey golf foundation, um, there, there's plenty of stuff to get involved with, but I appreciate the support. Yeah. Yeah. E- even if it's like, shoot me a text, shoot Mike a text and say, Hey, if you wouldn't mind mention this on the podcast, like yeah. even if it's that or to repost something, um, I know you're not a big social media guy, but if there's, if there's something that we could do for you, uh, yeah. we, we'd love to help out there. Appreciate it. Um, I, I wanted to, uh, come back to the club for, for a second. What's, uh, what's in the future there for the, for the club there, right? You got any big events uh, coming or anything that you can, that you can share with us that we so might be able to. Ridgewood, Ridgewood has, um, you know, deep history and major championships and events, you know, dating all the way back to the Ryder Cup in 1935 and, you know, U.S. Open. We just did our second one. The first one was 74. Um, we've hosted the LPGA Coca-Cola Classic, which was um, the, their, their tour championship uh, in 81. I mean, the list goes on and on of these champions. Um, Lee Trevino won the Senior Senior Open in 90 and PGA Championship, Senior PGA Championship in 01. And then we did four PGA Tour events. So um, we're, we're kind of right now um, – we're kind of just keeping our options open right now. And, and we've had been approached by a few other, you know, a few different associations to kind of plan out the next steps. Um, but we don't have anything solid right now. So we'll see maybe something coming out after the new year, but um, you know, the, the, the mentality of the club is to give back to the game and, and the, the rigid membership supports that and uh, they buy into that. And, and that's, it, it's really nice that, um, we have a championship committee that, that looks, looks for the next, next opportunity to, uh, to give back to the game, which is, I'm just happy to be a part of that. Absolutely. So what's your, uh, three nines, obviously, what's your favorite setup to play or what's your favorite, either what's your favorite nine or what's your favorite 18? That's a tough one. You know, it's, we're, we're unique. Um, Tilling has built the golf course. Um, and, 1927 and to have three equal nines in difficulty is rare. Usually, you know, a 27 hole golf course has an 18 hole, like 18 championships and then like a a small nine for like juniors or, you know, primrose course or whatever it may be um, where we have three equal nines. So the nice part for the membership here is when they come to play, you know, you never know where you're going to go. The starter tells you where to go and you just follow the simple rotation and, you know, being here as long as I have, I've never heard a member say, hey, do you mind if we play here to here or there to there, which is pretty wild. And that's how yeah. equal the golf courses are. If I had to choose, um, I guess my rotation, my favorite nine, I guess, would be the center nine. Um, it's just more of a, it, I could say it's more of an opportunity to make some birdies there. 
a little shorter, but um, it's a scoring nine. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I think the I think the best nine holes we have is the West nine. So if you were to do an eighteen hole combination, this is my personal choice would be yeah. you know center west. So center west. And when when you guys host a, a PGA event, it's it's center e it's west east. We east, do west? A, we do a composite of all three actually. Okay. So um, we if you look back at all of our championships, they've they've been played in all different nines. Um, but we found with the PGA Tour guys. You know, our if you take east and west and stretch them all the way back, I think you get to like seventy one fifty. Um, our championship course, the way we laid it out, um, not only for distance but for just um, I would say the 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 consumer that when they come, it's it's almost like a park where they can walk out into the middle of the golf course because the championship routing uh, is kind of works around the perimeter. Um, and so we had set seven holes on east, then you jump to center, and then then over to west on, is our is our finishing nine. So it's a combination of all three, and um, it flows really well. But it stretches to the seventy five forty, so um, it's it's a beast of a golf course, par seventy one. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this: with, with at seventy five forty, there's a hundred and fifty yard par three in there, and a two hundred and ninety yard par four. So if you do the math on paper on that, it it plays really long. It really does. Uh, so what, what's your, what's your thoughts on the rollback? <laughs> Good question. Um, as, as clearly one of the only clubs that can host can, can, can get longer, you know, there's, there's yeah, talk about, you know, you know, if, if the reason that they're doing that is to protect Augusta and St. Andrews and maybe the Marians of the world, you know, I, I'm, I'm against that. Uh, I stick with where the PG of America stands and we're for the, the, the people that play the game, the amateurs that play the game, the millions of people that play the game and to, um, to affect, you know, if, if it's just a handful of people that may not want to play the game because they're not hitting as far, that's a problem for me. So, um, so I, I understand the rollback. I get it. Um, I just think it may have been, we, it's a lot going on in golf right now. You there know, is. There really <laughs> is. Why add? Why you know what? Mike and I talked about this. Why add another thing? We got so much stuff going on. Like we're, we got we got three bowling pins, a, a bowling ball, a, a saw that's on. Why add a, a flaming torch? You know, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I understand. Listen, I understand where the USGA is. I understand protecting the game. You know, they're, they're, but there's so many moving parts between the manufacturers, the the professional game. Um, you know, bifurcation. It's, it's a, it's a rare game where the, the amateur golfer plays exactly what the professional golfer plays. And, and that's, that's unique. Um, although the game has changed. I mean, Lee Trevino wasn't, you know, eating chicken and, and doing pushups after his round of golf. Right. Yeah. So, um, they're hitting it longer, they're stronger, they're more athletic. And I mean, same thing in basketball, right? Like yeah. they're not raising the rims to 10 feet or 12 feet, but you know, it's, um, I think that's a, it's a very, I knew what you meant. <laughs> thank you. It's just, uh, I think it's a unique thing where the, the amateur golfer understands and, and can play the same equipment as the, the professional golfer, even though, you know, you may have already said they're not playing the same stuff as we are, but it's pretty close. Yeah, no, it, it, it is a unique, uh, unique experience, a unique sport in that way that you can, Hey, tiger plays with these specs on his, on his the shaft of his driver, if you have the money, you can order that shaft. Sure, it's not it is unique in that way. As a as a PGA professional, I just want people to play the game. 
I want them to enjoy the game and play the game, come experience it, have a good time with it. Um, and if there's something that's going to deter from that, I'm pretty much against it. Is how is the club with with things like that? Things like uh, like having music on on the on the golf carts. You know, you see all those those speakers that attach there, or the um, like wearing the those long sleeve uh, little you know the hoods that that the guys wear. How is the like this? <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> it, to uh, be fair, it looked more sweatshirt to me right now than than what I was talking about. But I under, understood. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're we're a traditional golf club. We've been around for a long time, um, so I, I'm not going to say it's stuffy in any way. Um, you know, we still restrict music on the course. Um, you know, we're we're still very much a traditional golf club, and um, you know, our membership looks at like the phone and the emails and stuff. This is an escape for them. Like, leave the phone, leave the phone in the locker. Go be, you know, with the four people you're playing golf with or with your family, and and try to you know be present. Um, we. With that being said, we have made some changes, you know, around the clubhouse where you can text on your phone or email or call or, um, so it, you know, we're not, we're not letting tradition get in the way of evolution here. Um, we're kind of working together to, to take baby steps in the right direction. Love that. Love that. Well, maybe Mike and I can uh, come up one time and, and experience that, those new traditions. We, we, we can, we could, we'd love to have you. <laughs> um, we usually end these, these interviews and, and, and Dave, I could, I could bombard you with questions and questions and questions for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but we do have three that we usually ask all of our guests. Do you mind? You got a, You got a second here? Shoot. Okay. You can't say Ridgewood for this one. Okay. But obviously you've played a ton of golf all over the state. What course, a, a public course and a private course in New Jersey, is your favorite? And again, can't say Ridgewood. Public golf course in New Jersey that's my favorite. I'm going to say Paramus Country Club because sometimes I take my guys over and my, my staff over and we just have a ball. We play yeah. music. <laughs> we, we kind of break the rules for a day. And, and um, so we have a good time over there. Uh, Obviously. That's the one that that touches, right? It's right backs up. Yeah, to yeah, backs up. It's a, great, it's a great golf course. Um, you know, Pine Valley is a favorite golf course of mine. You know? Okay. So obviously, Pine Valley would be my favorite private course in New Jersey. So. I would, I would, I would imagine. Uh, how how often have you played Pine Valley? Uh, I've been very lucky and fortunate to play it a few times. Okay. So. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike got to play it this summer. He said it was the experience of a lifetime. Uh, it was his first time. So the the thing about Pine Valley is, I every time I've played the golf course, I've I appreciate it more and more and more. It's 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 really it's it's an incredible piece of land, and um, it's just a, it's an incredible place. So yeah, in your competitive side, you know, we we talked earlier on about uh, you still playing competitive, you know, competitive golf, and as as a competitor, as a golfer, I I think golfers are rather uh, superstitious by nature. Uh, do you have any superstitions or, or anything that you that you need when you're getting ready for a tournament? Um, like, I'll give you an example. Some people are like, I have to have two tees in my right pocket, and my glove needs to be in the back left, or you know, things like that. That that might just be more more habits, but I'm calling them superstitions. <laughs> you know, I'm not that. I'm trying to think, I I keep I usually keep keep the same ball marker throughout. Um, I. I have a PGA ball marker that I use that, that I typically use, but 
I'm not that big into superstitions, you know. Typically, like Taylor had mac and cheese bagel before you go in the morning at any big event. That's a that's a hundred percent. That's a Jersey okay. thing. So, yep. um, that's about it's it. North Jersey thing. Okay, so okay, pork roll. Whatever <laughs> so. Dave, it's funny you say that because my ver- the last question we that we always ask is name that breakfast meat. <laughs> Come on, is that right? Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Yep. Right. Um, I had a feeling, you know, you're up in you're up in the North Jersey, so we we figured you were Taylor Ham, but. There you go. Uh, Mike and I are both pork roll guys. Okay. All right. I respect that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dave, uh, again, thank you so much for for giving us uh, over an hour here. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, Very clearly, you're you're a heavy hitter in the state and and the country with uh, your recent nominate, not nomination, recent, what's the word I'm looking for? election to the uh to the board so congratulations on that and and i really appreciate you giving us some time because again i know you're a busy guy and i really appreciate it well thank thank you for having me again and congratulations on all your success i appreciate that yep hopefully we'll be seeing you next summer look give me a shout we'll get you out there (laughs) we certainly (laughs) will thanks dave take care all right thank you Name a better feeling than buying something you know you can take and wear anywhere. Money spent on quality products is money well spent. Even more so when you can rock that purchase just about anywhere. Why would you spend a fortune on clothes you'll only wear to the golf course when you could buy gear that's just as nice at home, at holiday party, or work event, yet comfy enough it doubles as loungewear? Obviously, we'd all love to be playing 36 holes every weekend of the year, but just because you have to sneak in a quick nine before work doesn't mean you need a change of clothes. And as winter closes in, check out the new festive hoodies and beanies to fight off the chill at www.swannies.co and use code THEDROP25 for 25% off. Swannies is your go-to from work to golf and everything in between.